God bless you. Nice to see you this evening. And uh, I just want to make a couple of comments before <clears throat> before we turn to the word. Uh, uh, Brother Cobus Estehazen, I'm not too sure whether I didn't hear or whether there was prayer for your brother. Is that a younger brother? Yes, a younger brother. Brother Cobus's younger brother's wife passed away, and uh, we want to be remembering them. And so could we send word with Brother Cobus that he could speak to his brother and let them know that we as a congregation prayed for them. We want to remember him at this great loss. And I'm also very happy to, I, I see on his little report that comes, it comes faithfully every Saturday. And there has been over 2,000, almost 2,100, I think 2,095 or something like that, over 2,000 sentences read. And I, I was just thinking about some of the uh, material which I'll have you reading tonight, uh, it is uh, sometimes just a sentence, and sometimes just a phrase in the sentence uh, that we read. And you, you have to have a spiritual mind. If you want to keep it dragging down here in the earth, you'll never figure it out. It's just it's beyond figuring out <laughs> and in fact is just within a few minutes I'm going to uh, just repeat something that was a, a paragraph in a message and it is uh, it's just staggering and I'm glad that Brother Brennan starts out by saying could you imagine so I, I, I was looking at the screen in the study and seeing the youth and the young people and Seeing the schools you've gone to and the uh, exercises of your brain and your mind and you've gone on to further education and some of you are here from SFU, Simon Fraser University, which is one of our leading universities, has I think about 30,000 students. That's a lot of students. And they come out, you know, with their theses and their doctorates and so on. But uh, they would need to take this and imagine. Just imagine, he said. And uh, so he said, could you imagine? Before there was an earth, well, we're almost lost there, aren't we? Before you could... Could you imagine before there was an earth, before there was light, before there was a star, billions and billions of stars, but before there was a star, and maybe you are thinking already, you shouldn't think. Sure, surely you'll be off track if you think. Before there was a star, and then the prophet says, before there was anything. Well, you know, that just might be right. Before there was anything. And you have to go back there. Could you imagine that? 
And he said, before there was anything, there was a fountain. There was just a great fountain. I mean, that's the simplest language. There has to be something is there. So there is a fountain. And coming out of that fountain, just flowing out of that in a channel was the purest of love. He finishes that paragraph by saying, so we get an essence. And that's what I want to speak on tonight. I want to finish the essence of our heavenly home. And there was an essence. An essence is something you can't, it's not physical, it's not material, but it's an essence. And there was an essence or a little bit of that love. And I read that tonight and I just said, I need that. We need that. I don't know exactly how it comes. I don't know exactly what it is. It isn't anything to do with LOV love that we know of down here. But I need, and he said there was an essence of that love that came from that fountain. And um, now you that have been in school, and you've heard all about evolution and the Big Bang and all of this business, well, the, the prophet, you've, if you believe this message, you've already gone before the Big Bang or whatever it was. He's gone past that. And uh, this is what he says. Out of there came a stream. And it was out of this pure love. He said, if you could imagine the purest of love. And remember, now he just drew a... Uh, pyramid and at the top he put God, love, God is love, God is love I wish we could understand that but you know uh, there are some things we don't understand and I don't fully understand that but he says out of that was another stream and it was called righteousness absolutely righteousness now he said, now that's the reason we had to have a law. Because there was righteousness. We had to have a law. And that's the reason the law had to have a judgment. In case that law was broken, I suppose. And if no judgment doesn't follow law, law doesn't do no good. And when the judgment was passed by law, which brings death, and there's no one who could pay the penalty but God himself, whoever he is. Now, now Brother Branham has, has in two paragraphs covered all of creation. And I would challenge anybody to try to do that. I don't care where you come from or what what you know if you try to convey creation in two paragraphs and then he said that there was nobody could do that but God and he said now as the theologians call it a theophany went from that which was called in the scriptures the logos that's the first time 
this essence begins to be defined a wee bit, a wee bit to our understanding. So I, I am very much challenged to try to even say anything about the essence of this heavenly home. But every home, every home has some sort of essence. And you as an individual, you're sitting here this evening, but you know there's a certain essence that comes. Uh, Brother Gilbert uh, Okello prayed here this evening. And uh, <clears throat> some years ago, at the 207-27 Missions Convention, he and his wife showed up here. I didn't know them. And uh, here's this uh, family from somewhere in Africa, I understood or I thought. And they said, we'd like to see you. So I, okay. So we arranged and they sat on a sofa. You've never heard this. They sat on a sofa and they said, he said, Brother Biscoll, he said, we come from Saudi Arabia and I work there. But he said, we're moving our family here. We want them in this school and uh, we want to be in this church. Well, yeah, is your head spinning? Mine was spinning. Coming from Saudi Arabia, well, where, where, is, where did you come from? They said, we come from Nairobi, Kenya, and I've been working for an international company from Norway who's working in Saudi Arabia. And uh, so I was trying to get my head around it, and I said, well, when do you, well, we want to move here right away. And in a short time, they got a house, which is right over here, living in the same house. And uh, God just had to intervene along the way. And I introduced them to a gentleman here who's a good friend of mine, but he's not a believer. And they moved here, and he's been an incredible blessing. Then I found out that the company didn't want to let him go. They didn't want to let him go. They wanted him to remain. And they were paying him a bonus to stay each year that he would stay in in Saudi Arabia. But he came and got his family established here and so on and so forth and got his children into the school and he's been an enormous blessing. He's very quiet, very much controlled, but I would say a real believer. And Sister Lois, his wife, has sung here and has blessed us with our, with her singing. And incidentally, the young lady that sang this morning, I'm sure I haven't, perhaps I haven't met you, but uh, we were blessed by that song as well. And God bless you. We thank you for it. So the, the bride of Jesus Christ is made up of people that we sometimes know very little about. And uh, I also heard the congregation saying, justified. <laughs> well, this is something probably you don't know, and I'm just taking my liberty now. Uh, there was a, a sister in the church that was 
she heard her child singing, you know, at the top of his lungs. He's just standing on the, on the, on the pew and he was singing, justified, justified. And then the next line was, and she thought, doesn't sound exactly right. So she was listening to him and he was saying, I didn't do it in the first place. I'm just five. <laughs> so depends how you're going to interpret that. <laughs> I didn't do it in the first place because I'm just five. Well, I'm up here and I've got a few things to say. So uh, if you will stand, we're going to read some scripture, the same text we read uh, last week or the week before, uh, Revelation 21, verses 1 to 7. If you'd like to stand and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that in your mind, oh God, and as we, as we go into this service and, and these things which you sent a, you sent a message, Lord, of the billions of people, over seven billion on earth, I understand. And there's a few. Your prophet stressed just a few. And they will, they will hunger and thirst after you and you will provide because your Jehovah Jireh just is part of your nature and we have been recipients oh God of this glorious thing we're not just here in a church service we're here because you're a living God and you were that fountain that a prophet just spoke about just some some, that's the only way you can describe it so we can have some co- comprehension of it. And out from that came righteousness. And you have called us. We're born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Every person has been born. And everyone that's here has been born, oh God. Our time on earth perhaps hasn't finished. But we've been born, we've been born in sin and with a subject with a sinful nature. But you have provided forgiveness for us. You have provided, oh God, that we are justified. And we didn't do it in the first place. Not because we're five, but because we're justified in your presence. And we have not done it, oh God, because you knew us before we even came. And we, we believe that with all of our hearts. And now, Lord, help us to understand something of the future home. And let it, oh God, anything that's here in this world, uh, hardships or blessings or grief or whatever it might be, may we not be lackadaisical, oh God, but may we be fervent, Lord, loving you with that pure love. May we benefit from the essence of that blessed flow, that channel that came from that fountain, O God. We ask your blessing upon the service now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Verse 1 of of chapter 21, Revelation. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, 
New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Aren't we thankful for that? The former things are passed away. Hallelujah. We're so thankful for that. The former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will be unto him that is a thirst. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. Amen. You may be seated. A uh, child, which I, I have mentioned this once or twice before, but a, a child, I understand he was a young lad, about eight years old, and he asked Stephen Hawking after one of his speeches. And I did hear Stephen Hawking down here in Vancouver. Uh, my family, my daughters, bought me a entrance to go and sit and listen to him. And I, I just thought it was just so amazing that that man so crippled up as he was in such a pathetic condition, but yet such an in, incredible mind he had. And I think he, he feel that he was the greatest since uh, Albert Einstein. But he had a lad come and ask him, now this is loaded, so you want to just listen, Ask him, Mr. Mr. Hawking, why can't we remember the future as well as we remember the past? And his parents, you know, they thought that he was out of line or something. And, uh, you know, Mr. Hawking, he said, he said, that's one of the most intelligent questions that I've been asked. How, why can't we remember the future like we remember the past? Now, you are here this evening because you are believers of this message. Do you know that the prophet remembered the future like he remembered the past? And I thought I would just give you a couple of examples before we go to the slides. He says to his sister, your trouble is in your kidney. No wonder you didn't know me. You're from far away, away from here. You're not from Arizona, even, and this was in Tucson. You're not from Arizona. You're not from Arizona. You're not from the United States. You're from Canada, Mrs. 
and they weren't able to get the name. You can go back to Canada. Now he steps, now he's talking to a lady right there in the present. And he says, you come from, so he was in the past. You came from, and here you are. But you're not from this city, and you're not from this state. You're not from Arizona. You're not from the United States. So he's just talking to her. She knows that. But then he steps out of that. You're from Canada, Mrs. So-and-so. You can go back to Canada. Now he steps into the future because she's not back yet. But you can go back to Canada and be made well. She wasn't well because that's why she was there. Now you can go back. So he stepped into the future and spoke of something that she possessed, which is faith, which she doesn't even know about. She can't get a handle on it. So here's, here's a vessel standing before the public and we take it so lightly. I, I'm afraid we take it too lightly, but he gets a hold of the essence of God. Faith, which is something you can't lay your hand on, you can't take a piece of it. And he says, you're from Canada, and you can go back to Canada and be made well, Jesus Christ. Another thing, he said, I seen somebody else appear in the same country you're from. He's in Arizona. And he sees someone else that's up here in Canada. And he said, you're, you're, you're in the same country that you're from, a sick friend in Canada. And you're praying for her. You're praying for her. You'll find them well, so you'll believe. That's almost too much. In two or three lines, that's almost too much. And then, so he remembers the future as well as he remembers the past, or the God that is uttering through him. You know, you have a message, you actually have a message, and that messenger could speak of the future as well as he remembered the past. Or as well as he, re- as he spoke of the past. You've never heard. You've never, you, you that are students, you've never had a teacher that could do that. Never had a teacher. I don't care how long you've gone to school or what university you've been in or you, whether it's UBC or Western Washington, you have never had a teacher that could do that. You're quiet. That's a challenge. And here you, here you're sitting, seating. I trust you're reasonably comfortable. And that's why this isn't a church as such. It's not just a church. It's a church and a group of gathering of people that believe a divine message that came from an area we don't even understand. And he goes on. I'm just going to go to two or three. He says, I'm trusting the audience can hear my voice. 
May the woman stand still. The woman is from out of town. She isn't from this city. Neither is she from this state or this nation. She's a Canadian. I've numbered the number of phenomenal statements that he's made. And they are not predictions. They are clear statements. You are not from this city. You are not from this country. You are not from this state. You are not from this country. You are Canadian. Did you ever hear anybody say, no, you're wrong? No. I had a minister, and I was preaching in that group of people. There was about a thousand people. And he had just had a meeting with someone that I didn't really highly respect. But he had a meeting, and and this minister, he tipped back into this kind of ministry. Many people tried to mimic Brother Branham's ministry in my lifetime. And I'm sad to say that I actually sat in those meetings and they'd predict people and tell people what was wrong with them and so on and so forth. And this uh, young minister was doing that. And he went, and a woman came up from this pastor's church. And she said, you know, he said such and such and such and such. And that's not true at all. It just isn't the case. And so the pastor went to the brother and said, I've had a, a woman from my church come and uh, the thing that you told her. And she has said, it's not so. He said, well, he said, it's, he said, we're only right about 50% of the time. This pastor couldn't believe it. We're only right. He's a, they, they uphold the message. He said, we're only right 50% of the time. He said, 50%? Yeah, he says, that's about it. <laughs> Aren't you glad that we're not using quotes where we, uh, we're right about 50% of the time? <laughs> And so he says to this woman, uh, he wanted, well, may the woman stand still, he said. The woman is from out of town. She isn't from the city. Neither is she from this state or this nation. She's a Canadian. And she's from a place called Ontario. And the woman has been sick for some time. She is suffering with a condition in her side. She don't know what it is because the woman has her own ideas about Christ and she believes in divine healing and not the aid of a doctor. I counted the number of times he made statements, absolute, irrevocable statements. It's 20 times just to this woman. Now I say, take that, believe the sign, whoever you are. Take that. Bring that person to me. Bring that person that speaks 20 times and makes statements 20 times. And then I'll have time to listen to you. Do you agree with that? Yes. That that That's reasonable, isn't it? Yes. 
People say, oh, I spend time. I don't spend any time on it because how can anybody, they can't even tell me why the grass is green. What are they going to tell me about this fountain? This God? This essence? Isn't this incredible? Hello, all of you folks on the balcony. Isn't this incredible? Do I have a right to ask this? Certainly do. She believes in divine healing and not the aid of a doctor. That's right. The place is high, causing you this trouble, which is infected too. Another thing, you got someone on your mind that you're praying for, and that's your son. Some of you got sons you're praying for. Just remember, whoever this messenger was representing knows all about that. And he knows everything about it. Furthermore, he said, he has a nervous breakdown. And he's in the city, a big city called Toronto, Canada. Up to that time, there's 20 statements, 20 declaration statements that he makes no apology for. That's the kind of messenger you're going to read a few quotes, or we call them quotes, but you'll read a few things and you'll be fortunate to be able to get your head around it. You'll have to ask for a special grace from Almighty God to come from that fountain down to you, that you can understand it. God, I, and I'm, I'm moved tonight. I'm just saying, Lord, I had to stop and ask Him, let me have a piece of that love. Let me understand it a wee bit. Let me just have a little open door. Somehow, you know what, friends, we don't know too much. We don't know very much. But we ask that he'll have grace and mercy upon us. And he said, that's right. If those things are right, that's been said. I didn't know what it is. The tape will tell me. If those things are right, raise your hand or hands. Whatever you have desired. When you come up here, when you came up here, There was a black shadow over you. Now he's in the past, watching this woman come up. There's a dark shadow, a black shadow following you, over you. And the black shadow has gone. So you are healed of whatever you asked for. You've received it. Go back to your home. Now he's in the future. Go back to the home. Rejoicing. If he knows what it was, he knows what it will be. You've heard him say that. And it just came to me yesterday. 
We have a messenger that understands the future as well as he does the past. And if he couldn't remember it, he would have to play the tape again. Are you believers of this message? Of course you are. He knows what will be. Happiness is ahead of you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happiness is ahead of you. We all take that as our own personal possession. All right. Was that worthwhile? I just thought you would like that. Amen. Now, I'm sorry I I didn't... uh, Allow, I had the slides up and I got hung up on uh, Rosie the Riveter. (laughs) You've all seen that picture before anyway. If you haven't, now you had a good chance to see it. Uh, All right. Now, you're not from this city, he says. You've come from New York. This is my last one. You've come from New York. Is that right? All right. Now, do you believe now with all your heart because I told you that? Being a stranger, if you believe that, when you... When you get down off the platform, just put your crutch up over your shoulder and go back to your seat and go back to New York and rejoice. <laughs> That's pretty simple, isn't it? For somebody who's, who's got a crutch, put that crutch over your, <laughs> Brother Bram told me in New, in, uh, South Africa, in Durban, when they had to shut down the meetings, maybe you hadn't heard that, but they had to shut down the meetings, a 10-day meeting. They had it for three days. And the uh, <clears throat> the vice uh, mayor, he was not, he was the assistant mayor, but he was the vice mayor, and he called Brother Branham in his room, and he said, just go to the window and look out on the street because they have truckloads of crutches and wheelchairs and cots that the people were laying on. And they had several truckloads, rack truckloads of them in the city of Durban. And they had to shut the meeting down. I have pictures in my office or pictures on the slides that I went right to the racetrack where the meeting was. And they had to shut the meeting down after three days because it choked the city. And he said there was 25,000 people, Brother Branham says, were turned away at the door at the front because there was no more room. They filled in the stadium and they filled in the main area down that was all grass covered. And it's a very touching, very, very touching picture. You've seen that. Well, that's the background to it. And Brother Branham said, and here came the people that had been healed 
walking behind the vehicles, singing, only believe. Only believe. I guess we'd sing it too, wouldn't we? Amen. God bless you. All right, I'm going to have some of these slides now which pertain. And there are some things which are said, and I, I've just been very, very blessed by it, and so I want to I want to present it to you and impart it to you this evening, and will not be too long. And you that read fast, don't do it. I thought it would be good. Now, this is Brother Brown speaking. I thought it would be good. It seemed pleasing to the Holy Spirit that we speak on this and maybe come back to it again two or three times because I won't have quite ample time to get all of this out as you, as where, as where you hit a subject that might be a little stumbling to someone, you can carry it all the way out and make it plain. So now that was him, and now you're looking at me. If he was having that difficulty, you can just imagine it, how impossible it is for me to. The reason I read... He read Second Peter 3, and if you have a pen and pencil, you can put that down. You'll want to read that. Second Peter 3, and compared it with Revelation 21, which we've read, they both are speaking the same subject. But John never wrote, never wrote it out like Peter did. We understand that this great home of the bride is to be here on earth. Well, maybe you didn't know that, but that's what now he said. It's to be here on earth. Just like the 21st chapter of Revelation, the apostle here said, or the prophet said that, I saw, because it's also uh, Isaiah 65, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. It sounds like there comes and annihilation. But the day of the Lord, here's Second Peter three, ten to twelve, just uh, three verses. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the world and the works therein that are therein shall be burned up. I don't, it makes no reference to what kind of uh, profession a person may have. So any profession that you have, it's just to get you through this life. Any education you have, use it for the glory of God, but it's just to get you through this life. And so some of you may get through life a little better off than someone else, but it's just from God. However, God has allowed you to have that. But nevertheless, remember one thing, 
that all the works therein shall be burned up. And after you hear some of the catastrophes that have just happened in the last few months, you know that it is nothing to God to just to turn this whole world upside down. And he can do whatever he wishes. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the element shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, if you look at what John said, it sounds like for the first heavens and the first earth was passed away, annihilated then that sounds very strange. So that's what struck me, and I begin to look, I begin to look for the word pass away, but it, it, but it's clear that both of these apostles and prophets were talking of the same thing. The millennium is not the end of it. There will still be time after the millennium. The millennium is a space of time. You know, it's a thousand years. There's a space of time, but not the new earth. Pass away. Now, here is uh, some of the meaning of pass away. It's passing away. The word has reference to an act continuing for a time of persons to come from one place to another. So when it, when God speaks of it passing away, he's also speaking of the persons, the elect of God. Can you imagine that this God that knows all things from beginning to end has taken a people that have been born in sin and shapen in iniquities and came himself And this word became flesh, and that flesh was crucified and hung on a cross. And then he said, it's expedient for you that I go away. His disciples were very disappointed, but he went away. And then God sent his own spirit into the room, because the spirit is the essence of God himself. Amen. So pass away an act continuing for a time of persons to come from one place to another because he's only using this earth is it's just being used by God to take you from this place to another. That's the purpose of it. All of this exists. Everything you experience and everything that is such a pain to you, all of this exists in the heavens or atmospheres. Please get that word. And the earth, which is now this earth, holds these things. 
Now I'm coming to something very important, not that the other isn't important. This earth holds these things, but it wasn't made for that purpose. It would be good for you to say that to yourself. It wasn't made for these things. It wasn't made to hold these things, but it was made, that wasn't made for, the earth wasn't created or made for that purpose. Sin caused it to be like that. It was made by God, the creator, and all of our bodies that we live in now was put on the earth when God created it. Do you believe that? Can you get your head around that? All of our bodies, all of your bodies, your neighbor, your wife, your children, your friend, your spouse, whoever, the associate that's here in the church, including the one that is speaking, our bodies, when God said, let the earth bring forth, you were already laying there. He said in a masterpiece, he said in about three or four other places, that God is like a big contractor, and he lays out all of his material, and then he goes to make his masterpiece. Even the body of Jesus was laid out Can you just think of this now? I'm just seeking that I might obey him and say only what I should say. But when he put all the potassium and calcium and the substances of our bodies that make our bodies up, when he created the earth, he laid it out there. And the body of Jesus Christ was laying there also. So he had, and the rabbi Richmond said here, he had, the remedy was here before the sickness arrived. And I thought that was so remarkable for an Orthodox Jew to say that. The remedy was laying here, and you were laying somewhere beside it in the earth. And when God said, let the earth bring forth, you are to come in your time, in your season, and you are to come and fulfill a certain purpose, a certain thing of the bride of Jesus Christ. You are the active body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're a part of his resurrection. And when God spoke these items and spoke these things, to be lodged, he was laying out, he was laying out his material, and you were part of it, laying there in the earth. Hallelujah. And you came when your mother ate, ate the food that was presented to her, and of the earth, came out of the earth, and, uh, and, and all of these things. I don't know, you wouldn't remember Brother uh, from South Africa, uh, what was his name? It'll come to me in just a moment. But he spoke on five kingdoms, and no kingdom can raise itself of its own self, can raise itself into a higher kingdom. He said, unless the one that is in the higher kingdom reaches down and picks up. So he says, 
The first one was the elements, uh, the elements and the chemistry that's in the, in the earth and the higher kingdom, which is the botany life, puts its roots down into the earth and draws up all the chemistry and the potash and all of that into the plant life and raises it up. And that now is in a higher kingdom. And then the animal comes out and reaches down and begins to nibble at the grass and the herbs. And the animal kingdom now takes the life out of the botany life and and raises it up into a higher kingdom. And then the man goes out and slays the animal, whether it be a moose or whether it be a calf or a cow or a steer or whatever more. And then the animal kingdom is a higher kingdom has come down and has taken that animal kingdom into itself and the wife prepares it. And now the animal kingdom has been raised up into the human kingdom. But who is going to come down and raise up this kingdom and take it into itself? None other but God himself in the form of Jesus Christ has come down and died for your behalf. And his body was broken that we could partake of it. And we are suddenly, we are suddenly raised up into another kingdom. We are not of this kingdom. We're of another kingdom. You're not of this world. That's why you don't feel at home here. You're not of this world. You have taken, and Christ has taken you into himself. And he ascended to the Father. And the Father and the, and the prophet of God details how we shall reign and rule with him. Amen. Can you say praise the Lord? He's worthy of all of our praise. Praise you, Lord Jesus. You came down. You came down and you pitched your tent with us. You suffered with us. And you paid the price for us. Should have been our place on Calvary. But you took us into yourself and raised us up into heavenly places. And it's not just a, those aren't just idle words. You will see here uh, that all these things, and he'll detail it in a few moments, all these things exist in the heavens or the atmospheres and the earth, which is now. And, you know, I will just touch on this for this moment. Brother Branham saw things going sideways. He had many, many disappointments. And a person you can understand where he's going and where he's been when he can speak of these things like and bring it to us and still see things so sideways and so wrong and so corrupt and so evil living in the midst of it and saying this world holds it, but it wasn't meant for it. Amen. He says, it was made by God, the creator, and all of our bodies that we live in now was put on the earth when God created it. Because you're not, uh, because you're out of the dust of the earth, 
It was all laid out here when God himself created it. You were in his thinking, and in him the great eternal was the thought which is his attribute. And we don't have, you can't lay your hands on the attribute. I have it, but I, I haven't got it, so you read it. Brother Brandon meets a man, it's in Canada, he said. He said, when I was up in Canada, and he'd just come out of a meeting, and there was a man there on the street selling televisions. I think it was in Toronto. And he said, was it in Toronto? Yeah, I think it was. And the man wanted to sell him a television. And, uh, he said, well, no, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm just a visitor here. Oh, he says, you're not part of that Branham group. Well, he said, yeah, well, actually, he says, were you in the, he says, were you in the meeting? And Brother Branham said, yeah, I was in the meeting. He says, were you in the meeting? He said, yeah. He said, well, Brother Branham asked him then, he says, what did you think about the man he got off the cot? Uh, and, and walked. Oh, he says, I, I, he says, anything that I can't prove scientifically, I, I don't believe it, he said. <laughs> if you give a cow enough rope, it'll hang himself. And I think that's, that's about what he was doing, and I'm gonna finish off. So, Brother Bram says, you, you uh, <clears throat> so you don't, uh, you don't believe anything you can't prove scientifically. No, he says. Well, what about love? He said. I need a little more love, he said. Why, why don't you go down to the, uh, the drugstore and buy me 25 cents worth of love? He said, I'd like to have that. And, and, and the guy, of course, he's, he's lost. He says, well, you could maybe buy me something else. And he mentions two or three things. Buy me 25 cents worth of peace. I'd like a little more peace. You see, love and peace, those things. And Jesus said, my peace give I unto thee. And even when you don't feel, maybe you feel all stressed out. And you feel, I feel like throwing in the towel. That doesn't change the words of Jesus. My peace. And somebody out there is picking up that essence. They look at you and they say, you know, what is that? What is it that you have? What is it that your home has? And you don't think anything of it. You don't even think it exists. You think I'm the poorest example in the world. But you have somebody, and someday, I assure you, someday, if it hasn't already happened, somebody say, what is that? What is it that, what is that about you? What is that about you? I see something. A woman on an airplane even asked my wife, said, uh, what does your husband do? I had just gone to the restroom. She said, what does your husband do? She said, he's a minister. Oh, she said, I've been watching you all the time. We were at the airport. And that was a woman I wanted to knock her elbows off. She was crowding in. 
And it was only God that kept me from doing it. <laughs> he said, Brother Biscoe, would you do that? Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so I felt like I just feel like knocking your elbows. You're crowding me out on purpose. And she was crowding over because she wanted to be sure and get on this flight. And we did, too. But she wanted to get on with her family. Anyway, she said, I've been watching you while you're in the airport. And she said, there's something about you. She said, it's, it's clean. I don't mean that you've just washed your face, she said. But there's something clean about you. <laughs> I'm glad she wasn't saying it to me. Because I was the last person that felt very clean. So Brother Branham asked this man, and tied them all up in knots, of course, to go down to the go down to the uh, drugstore and buy him a little bit of some of this. Now you know what? That might be humorous, but you know why it's humorous? Is because it's just beyond you. It's beyond you, and yet you can possess it, and you don't know it. Its essence. I'm thinking just now of a, an account which I heard, and a young man, he turned, a young fellow, he turned about 16. If you're 16, it has nothing to say about you, but <clears throat> he had just turned 16 or something, and he felt like he had the world in his hands, you know, and he's not going to take his dad's stern lifestyle anymore. I'm out of here. I'm history. So he went. His dad was going to give him a whooping. You know what a whooping is? If you're from the South, you know what a whooping is. (laughs) Did you ever have one, John? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he said he wasn't going to have it. I'll get out of here. So he left. And after a few years, life start coming home. The roosters start, all the chickens to come home to roost. And he said, I, you know, home started to feel better. I think I'll go back. And uh, his dad now had passed away and his mother was home. And he said, I, I, I've come back home, mom. I, I want And she says, go and cut a switch. <laughs> That's where we start. He had, to, he had to go and cut his own switch. Amen. And he come back, he said it was the sweetest switch he ever had. <laughs> sweetest whooping he ever had. Well, and now sin caused all this to happen. Your difficulties and the things that you detest, sin caused it. And that's what we're talking about. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, I showed you the picture a week or so ago of of Rosie the Riveter. You know, we got the job, we start having our freedom, we have more independence.
pendants and you know you would not have if you didn't have a prophet if you didn't believe him but he called it the invasion Satan was invading and he and this is the same one the same Lord Jesus that said and now sin caused this to happen and God through this age through this age is gathering up his material the thief cometh not but for to steal and so he's actually taking from womanhood the essence of the home the essence of motherhood the essence of these various qualities he's robbing her and that is why and I have it just a little bit later on he said we are we're stripping her from uh, she's driving the taxi cabs in the police uniform with a gun on her side and all these things at different places he speaks of that he said when she's not at home and not in the kitchen he's not talking about home right then but at the kitchen and he says if she's out of her out of that place she's out of her place now I I, I, I don't mean to say anything about you sisters that are some of you are working and some of you are in another place working and and the demands of life, but in your heart of hearts, that is not where you will be pleased and satisfied. That's not where you'll be fulfilled. People have read the message, and I'm just giving a personal, personal, very, very personal thing. People have read the message, and they said, Brother Branham is so judgmental, and he's a woman hater, etc., and Brother Branham says, I'm not talking about you wives and you sisters, and I'm not talking about you either. But I'm just saying Satan is so subtle, and he makes it so it's essential. And then it starts feeling better and gaining more independence and gaining more of a position. And uh, you, you just be careful that that is not making life it makes it easier, etc., and it has its benefits. That's the deception. It has its benefits. And uh, people that are, have had to really uh, grind it out, so to speak. And I know what I'm talking about. I know what it is to grind it out without a mother. I know what it is to grind it out without a home. I know what it is to grind it out without having your bed. Now, some of you that are here are my grandchildren or great-grandchildren. And I'm saying it anyway. And Brother Branham, he said, I have family here. So do I. He said, I have family here. And this kills me to say this. But he said it, and I'm so glad he said it, because it was truth. He's not speaking of it to uh, to gain gain stars with somebody. He's not getting it to gain gain any compliments or whatever but he's saying it because it's truth amen now he continues on this is page 13 it is only the atmospheres around it speaking of the earth around the earth 
and the sin that's upon the earth that will be destroyed. Now he said we realize that the heavens means the atmospheres above. What does it do? Then these thistles out of which? Out of the earth. It's where your body came from. It's where your bread came from. It's where your wheat comes from. Where all the things. And Brother Branham speaks about Mary and how she would even eat her natural food. But it, it nurtured the child that she was carrying. And the word was being made flesh and dwelt among us. Do you follow that? He was, he, the word became flesh and the word became flesh so that your, your body and your soul could gain heaven. Then the thistles, that's out of the earth. And the sickness comes upon that which came out of the earth. And death comes upon that which came out of the earth. And politics and sinful man and sinful woman and evil spirits will all be gone away and annihilated. And I say, praise God, I want a ringside seat with every evil spirit and demon of hell is cast into the lake of fire and annihilated in God's holy wrath and holy fire. And when his enemy and our enemies are done away with, and they surely shall be done away with as certainly as you're sitting here tonight. Amen. Amen. And evil spirits will all be gone away and annihilated. It has to be done that way because we are going to live right here. We'll prove that by the Bible. Right here is where we live. Now notice thistles, germs, and all sicknesses. And things will be completely taken away. And you that may be sick and afflicted, you're not made for that. God has made you to be free from that. And I pray God give us faith and drop faith down into your heart. You are made for faith. You have a channel for it. It's not, and Satan can duplicate almost anything. By way of, uh, by way of the emotional realm. And we get happy and we feel real good one day and we think, oh, praise the Lord. I just feel like rejoicing. Well, not, not, not necessarily. Uh, you can become very ill, become very sick. You can have a, a broken bone, for example. I see a crutch up there at the door. Uh, you may have a broken bone. And Brother Branham says a doctor will set the bone, but God does the healing. The doctor may cut the bad part out. And I obviously had, which I didn't even know, but I had all these uh, blockages in my heart, 14 of them. And up to 90% 
But uh, God provided a a genius, almost like a genius, uh, 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 an Asian man. And he had another Asian man. One was his doctor. One was a, he was actually professor of, of heart transplantation at UBC. That's who did the operation. And he had another one. And, uh, when, and you possibly, probably have heard this. You know, my family's heard it many times, but I'd called and spoke with Brother Ron Spencer. And Brother Ron Spencer, I asked him, I said, I've only asked you once before to pray for me. Would you pray for me? Now I have a physical challenge. He said, sure, Brother Ed. And he just started to pray. We didn't go into any detail uh, much at all. He started to pray. And while he was praying, I I was saying within myself, now I'm going to listen. I'm going to hold on to every word. Like the woman at the well, she held on to it. And the same words... Excuse me. The same lips that spoke and said, give me a drink, is the same one who said, I am he. But in her, the prophet of God said, the, the priest, he was taught by theology, and he called that Beelzebub. But when she saw it, she called him Messiah. And that's the difference, friends. And we even need to learn that. It's not, it's not a husband and wife, just that. It's the office. She, she's received the office of a wife. He's received the office of a husband. And we honor it because the office came from God. I said the office came from God. Do you believe that? You need to believe that. The office came from God. Children, you call mother and dad. You call that. That that can be a human. All kinds of people call them mother and dad. But we need to say it differently and say it with awe and respect. Now, this might choke you up, but it says of the wife, like Sarah, should call the husband Lord. That kind of respect, not because he was Lord or lording it over the wife. Now I'm way off my notes, but not because of that, but because of the office. She's respecting the office. And if he ignores it and, or she ignores it and walks away, they walk, hey, who are they walking away from? Not walking away from just this physical person, but God himself. Amen. All right. They will be gone away and annihilated. It has to be done that way because we are going to live right here. We'll prove that by the Bible. Now notice, thistles, germs, and all sickness and things will be completely taken away. All of this is existence. All of this is existent. Existence that's in the earth now. You know it's in the earth now. We experience it. We struggle with it. We do not like it. In fact is it came from another enemy camp. Of course we don't like it. This is the enemy. 
Are you tired? No. All right. We'll carry on for a few more mo- a few more slides. All of this is existence that's in the earth now man-made systems politics sin all kinds of evil spirits that the world is contaminated with and all the heavens above us here is contaminated with evil spirits do we believe it? we certainly believe it yes sir and laws and regulations are not going to come to the benefit of the people of God. It's not made that way. And this earth holds these things. But it wasn't made for it. What was it made for? It was made that God would bring his family up out of the earth. Hallelujah. A glorious family. The body of Jesus Christ. And, and how, how all this happens is, is more than I can explain. I can't explain it. I predicted, and this was the slide I had right after, and I didn't show it, and I want to go through it now. Uh, it's right after Rosie the Riveter. This was the slide I had. I predicted that woman would keep demoralizing. Notice he's not saying sisters. That's not to excuse the sisters, but you have to be aware of how slippery, what a slicker Satan is. And he knows the Bible better than we do. He knows the Bible and my own wife, your sister in Christ, called a mother in Israel, of course, and we honor our sisters that have raised children, and had, you had to fight to find something that they could wear, especially for the ladies, especially for the girls. It's very, very difficult. I predicted that woman would keep demoralizing and the nation would keep falling. I could stop there and preach. And the nation would keep falling. He honors, in that one statement, he honors you sisters with holding a nation together. He's not playing with words. And that's not poetic license. He's saying something... And he's saying it with a, with a, a lot of prediction that comes with it. It would keep falling and they'd keep hanging to mother or like mother like that till they become a woman, become an idol. They would hang on to mother until a woman would become an idol. And after a while that America would be ruled by a woman, market Mark it and see if it's not right. A woman will take the place of a president or something of great, some high power in America. Who can tell me? Who dare stand up and say 
that they have not been glorified. She's the anchor for sports. She's the anchor for world news. She's the anchor for all kinds of things. And that wasn't done by ability only. That's done because politics has made it such. We have such a premier in our own country, and he's dead determined to do that. He got a very severe rebuke. Uh, uh, the attorney general of, of, of law, who he appointed and gave her an embrace, and she was an indigenous person from the native First Nations. She was not native, but perhaps part, but anyway, she was representing the indigenous people. And she now, as I stand here tonight, this nation is in an uproar because they are fearful that she will tell all the scandal that's hidden underneath and expose the government for what they are. Friends, I don't care whether they're right, wrong, or whatever more. We're going to be done with this stuff. Hallelujah! We're going to be done with it. This this just goes on and on and on and on. I went to a, a, a senior partner of a law firm in the city of Vancouver. And I said, we have people. I brought a gentleman in here. And probably listening just now his family's here I said I brought a gentleman in here and I went down and had a private meeting with this senior partner I said I just I'm saying this why am I repeating this I'm saying this so that you know where I stand and if you don't care for it you can kick me out but anyway, I said, they are pristine Christians, wonderful Christians, part of our church. I said, our country, right now, as you and I sit here, we're sitting in the big boardroom. I said, our country has got scandal after scandal in it right now. I said, do you know what law they passed? Last night? He said, no. I said, would you want to be painted with the same brush that our country represents before the world? And you don't even know the laws. Would you want to be painted with the same brush and say, well, they're corrupt. They're corrupt. They're crooked. Our country is filled with scandal. Would you want to personally identify with that and say, I'm part of that? He said, well, no. I said, yet we will look so clean and holy and righteous and we'll have other people from other countries. And whatever the United Nations says about that country, we'll take it as law and we'll say, well, no, they're not allowed to send any money over here. I said, people who want to move and live here, what kind of hypocrisy is this? 
And I said, this is hypocrisy of the highest level. And he said to me, well, do you think we should refund all the fees? I said, that's up to you. I'm not telling you to do anything. But that's where he got the message. Should we, we took fees, they took fees, large fees. And, and then say, well, we can't do business with you anymore because you come from a corrupt country. What kind of hypocrisy is that? Oh, friends, I would lose my mind if I didn't have the hope. We're headed for another nation. I hold a passport, a Canadian passport, and sometimes I'm ashamed of it. And I can tell you one thing. Yes, yes, there's good things. We have hospitalization or we have that. Don't worry, we pay for it. Somebody pays for it. And they come in here into this church right here. And we have been here for 40 some years. You send in uh, reports, fiscal reports and financial reports. And they come in here and try to tell us how we should live and who we can accept and who we cannot accept. And, oh, you can't say that. Well, I tell you what, we'll say whatever God tells us to say. We'll say whatever this Bible says here. This is what you want to hear. Is it not? And we must never be ashamed. This is Christ. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it's the power of God unto salvation. It's the very essence of God. And I say with the prophet, Oh God, if I, if I could be worthy of anything, that love, that most pure and holy love that came out of that fountain, if I could just have a little drop of that. If our congregation could just experience, have a little drop of that. That'd be worth everything. Listen, I know what I'm talking about. This God that perhaps we can't quite describe is too great. We don't even have language. The English language, the American language or any language of the world can't describe this God. You weren't made to understand everything. That's why the prophet of God said, I can't explain it. He can say, I'm in two worlds. He's in an eternal realm and in this one. And God sent that kind of a messenger here. It was, he was nervous. Stomach was nervous because maybe he's in another realm and he goes back so the people's ears could be tickled and say, uh, you were in the doctors before the doctors. One, two, three, four. Oh, you've had five operations. And how I read those, I remember it also. And he said, and I couldn't find what's wrong. And then he leaned over, he said, can I tell them? Because he didn't want to embarrass her. How thoughtful a person could be. He's in another realm. And he says, can I tell them? He said, when you were young, about eight years old, you fell down a well. 
Take that, believe the sign. Take that, all accusers. And he says, the heavens are full of this because they are accusing you before God saying, oh, they did this and they did that and they did the other thing. And God, God might say, well, if you only knew it, I could tell you a whole lot more. <laughs> Aren't we glad, friends, we have one whose heart was so full of love. So he not wishy-washy, but so full of love. He says, I know they were born in sin. I, it was all part of my plan. And I, I brought them by the word of life. And they accepted it and received it. And my spirit, the very essence of my presence was there. I was talking to Linda the other day, this last week. And I was saying, I don't know if you remember, but I remember exactly what you did. And uh, when I preached, I was in a strange church. And the message was not really welcome there. But I obeyed God and preached Malachi 4. And the rest of it is history. And my eldest daughter, Linda, who's here, was sitting over on this side of the building. The building was full. It was crowded with people. And I don't know how she made her way out. I just finished the sermon. Just finished the sermon. And she was about 15 or 16. And she made her way out quickly and ran to the pulpit, ran up to the platform and leaped up and put her arms around my neck. And she says, oh, Daddy, I see it, I see it. I'll tell you what, friends, that's the essence. Who said it? I don't know. But it's the Spirit of God. And part of the essence is the Spirit of God. And that's what you're feeling even now. I know that you're feeling it. I feel it. And there's a certain sense. There's a certain something. You might go and say, well, it was a good meeting. That's not what we really want to say. Something was deposited in my soul. And only God can do that. Only God, the very essence of what I'm speaking of tonight. said here, when a woman gets out of the kitchen, she's out of her place. That's right. The world will tell you, well, you're nothing. You're just an old boot if you're in the kitchen. I can tell you something. Don't say that to my wife. She might sock you. (laughs) No, she would never do that. I have challenged people. I'll tell you, sisters. I've challenged people who challenge this message in the world and say, well, your, your women are so beaten down. I says, come to church. Yeah. Right. I welcome you to come to church and, and, and tell me about the beaten down ones. <laughs> tell me about our women. I said, they're honored. Amen. They're queens. Amen. 
They are, they are of royalty. Hallelujah. And only it's a, it's a different language. It's a different substance that they know nothing about. What about a prophet of God coming out on the scene and saying, well, they wouldn't receive the seed. Can you imagine not saying, I reject this child. And man with man rejecting the very life seed. And women likewise. And the prophet of God was very strong and straight about it. That may not be what the world wants to hear. They can jangle their way to hell. And that's the direction they're headed. There's going to be a fire. The world wasn't made for it. And the earth wasn't made for it. And the heavens weren't made for it. Are you following me? And he says, that's where she belongs. Outside of that, she has no place. And now I'm not hard on them, but I just tell what's the truth and what the Bible. And that's the way it ended. We'll pick up this invasion. And we got to go into the homes yet. And into the lot of places, the schools, and out in places where it will pick it up. But the invasion of the United States, the devil has took, took her over. Don't be ahead of, don't be afraid of Russia. Russia ain't got nothing to do. We're doing it ourselves. Our own rottenness right among us. That's right. You know the United States has more divorce cases than all. Let me just stop here. Don't ever think that I'm just a Canadian up here. I belong to a nation, a holy nation that this book talks about. And I don't look upon you as coming from any country, whether it be Congo. In fact, is in the New Jerusalem, listen to me now, in the New Jerusalem, there is no borders of this society any longer. There's no more Yugoslavia. There's no more Switzerland. There's no more Germany. There's no more Belgium. There's none of these places. There's no Canada and there's no America. Do you believe that? I want to live in a world, a new heaven and a new earth that has not gotten man's boundaries. How they have fought wars. And we saw them. You know why I had Rosie the Riveter up there? Is because their sons and their husbands are being brutalized with machine gun fire. And we don't have any particular nation. It's not just Rosie the Riveter. You should see the Russian men walking. And I'd like to have every one of you sit beside me while I talk to brother in Poland who was on the death march Remember that, Brother Milko. We stayed in their home. And he was on the death march to Moscow. He was Polish. 
some of the finest German soldiers. Do you know that in the, my wife's uncle was in the battle at Vimy Ridge. And uh, they put up a white flag and said that they wanted to have a truce, 24-hour truce. And they called the Canadian boys who were fighting. One was my wife's uncle was there. And there were so many of them slaughtered in the dips and the bombed areas. And they said, your men are... They sent a... The commandant sent a man over one of the German men. And he said, my officer is calling for a truce. And we will help you pick up your wounded men. Our boys, Canadian boys out of our farms in Saskatchewan and Alberta and British Columbia and wherever they came from, New New Brunswick and Halifax and Nova Scotia and wherever they came and perhaps American boys. I, I, I have some statistics that I want to just give you. But you'll never hear of this invasion. The United States... But in the invasion of the United States, the devil has took her over. Don't be afraid of Russia. Russia ain't got nothing to do with it. Can you imagine all of their missiles and all of their things that Russia may have? But you have a prophet. Thus saith the Lord prophet that says, don't, she hasn't got a thing against all of these things. Because Satan was coming in with a much more subversive and sophisticated and so, so deceitful that people would lust after it and desire it. And he says, we stripped to women, not just clothing wives, but it is so, it is so. And I understand, I understand that, uh, that, that, that one of the things that's too ungodly to even speak here behind the pulpit, but they make them the object, and feminism is supposed to be resisting that, and yet they become part of it. Listen, friends, this is a Holy Ghost church. And we listen to what the Holy Ghost says. And he calls those things sinful. And we don't want to have that invading. While it invade a nation, we don't have it invade our homes. And we certainly won't have it invade our churches. Uh, I say in the name of Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Here's the first birth pain. World War One. This is statistics now. Was one of the deadliest conflicts in the history of the human race. The total number of both civilian and military casualties is estimated at around 37 million people. The war killed almost 7 million civilians and 10 million 
military personnel. I'm so glad for the message. World War II, birth pain, number two. And your prophet has said she can't stand a third birth pain. Do you hear me? She can't stand a third birth pain. He said it will carry her right into some other place. An estimated total of 70 to 85 million. That's twice the population of this entire nation from sea to shining sea and would take a big portion of the U.S. population, which the U.S. population is about 340 million now, but it was, uh, we're about 10% of that. And the U.S. population was much less during the Second World War. And she sent her best young man to Europe, into the Philippines, into the jungles of Asia to fight. Friends, I I was born just a little too early for the second birth pain. I had relatives go. But this is something that's not well known. But neither am I ashamed of it. I'm ashamed of it because it was death. And the war isn't something that we're proud of. There's nothing that we're proud of. Winning the war. Listen, friends. The war is an invention of the devil. And we'll lay it at his feet. And he's the author of death. And the destruction was horrible. Just horrible. The suffering was enormous. Just enormous. And I told you Sunday, Sunday, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just winding it down now. But I told you also, we saw, I saw on a documentary out of early archives that they had in Ottawa of our boys having their last meal with their tin soup. And then, all right, and then you hear the call. And the first wave is to go. My wife's daddy was in that wave. And they got mowed down. And they didn't, they didn't, it wasn't acting. It wasn't put on by Warner Brothers or Fox Brothers or any of the other people. What it was, it showed them getting caught in the barbed wire and being shot to pieces. It was hard until my wife said, I think I've had enough of this. I'm looking down on you, friends. We're not living in some kind of a bubble. Nation shall rise against nation. And there will be war. That's a devil that is allowing us to perhaps have a, you know, peace. Who says peace? He doesn't know what peace is. Right. 
And if we live and, and have relative peace, thank God for it. Am I not thankful? Absolutely. I'm thankful that we can preach and say what we can. But also know, friends, and you've come, and you that have come here, come from other countries and other places, come from the UK and so on. Uh, I'm going to unload my heart. I'm very, very thankful to God that we can have a place. You say, we've come here because of the message. God bless you. You want to hear the message. You don't want to hear some just gentle words. We're here to hear. We're here to stand for something. And we're standing for truth. I want to stand with what the messenger stood for. I want to stand with the God. Don't you want to stand with him? Of course you do. Stand with this God. Stand with Elijah's God. Amen. And I'm glad we have men and families that are determined to do so. And when we face the opposition, we face them head on. That's the only way you could do it. Let your faith face it. An estimated 70 to 85 million people perished. When I see the destruction of Germany, when I see the bombs that fell out of our aircraft or out of an allied aircraft, it was treacherous. And those people didn't deserve it. They didn't buy it. They didn't buy into this. Said, well, they had, and the prophet of God, he identified some of the dictators. You know, they talk about the Holocaust. Are you listening to me? Talk about the Holocaust and it, it has gotten world attention. And I have been, and several others here, have been to Auschwitz and to see the terrible things that have gone on. But do you know that in the Soviet Union, 20 million of my people died of starvation? How do we handle that? I just say, well, someday it's going to be a final accounting. Someday, the people that's responsible, they might use politics, and they might hide from it, but they can't hide from my God. said, now that devil, that that epileptic devil has tried to hide, but he can't hide from God, and he identifies exactly where he's at, and the people that are suffering, and he spoke to Brother Stephen Tate, who was 20 years old or 19 or 20 or 21, and my wife and I visited him. He said he'd been free. He doesn't even know how to be thankful. You can't thank God enough for that. How do you thank God for the things like that? Someone who's been having fits every week, every week, and would not live to be a young young man, and yet God 
with a spoken word smites that devil and binds him and casts him out. I say that God is worth all of our praise. He's worth all of our thanksgiving. And I'm here, friends, as a senior amongst you to tell you I have never, ever let the flame die. It's too precious. And yes, you may have come from Congo or you may have come from Rwanda or Zimbabwe or the United Kingdom or Saudi Arabia and Nairobi. You may have come or you may have come from America. You may have come from Canada. I feel sorry for you. Because this demon, this devil, he's smarter, according to a prophet. He's a slicker, and he's smarter. We cannot argue with him. We cannot fight with him. I simply say, go your way, do your thing, and have a happy tribulation if there is such a thing. You know what I mean? And then one day, I'll speak to this congregation. One day, you will arise and say, is this what I was saved from? Is this what I was forgiven for? Is this what I was washed from? How I thank God he's removed even the very desire out of my soul. The thing I once loved. The apostle Paul said, I now hate. And the things I once hated, hated I now love. Are you too tired? Can I just finish quickly, quickly, quickly? I don't want to lose any more sleep and say I didn't show that. The seed must remain in the right category. And notice his right channel and I quote and as long as it stayed in its right category it would be just exactly what God said it would be and that's you and me I'm preaching this for our benefit and I'm certainly preaching it for my own benefit it had to be that way because he had he had made it that way and made a channel. Who he made a channel. He made a channel for us. What do you think he was thinking when he made a channel? My children are going to need this. My sons and daughters are going to need this. And I'm making this right channel for them. They're going to need to step into it. And he says... And as long as it stayed in the right category, it would be just exactly what God said it would be. It had to be that way because he had made it that way and made a channel that anything that stays in his channel, in his line of word. And that is why the message, friends, when we're into translation, we're not into idle things. When we're in the translation, and I hear, Brother Kobus, I see your report, a Fijian language message book has been uploaded, 
and an Afrikaans language message book, I believe, has been uploaded. I think I just tried to place myself. Young men, I hope I can convey this to you. I think of that. I think maybe they're going to read. I'm going to read some quotes tonight. And I just thrill. I sit in my office. I just thrill at that. And I seek to convey it Mm -hmm. to the people. I want you to know I'm thrilled with what God has said. It's my protection. It's my cleansing. It's my, it's my protector. If he attacks my home, and he certainly does, but I have, we have a protection. Aren't we thankful? God bless you. That anything that stays in his channel, in his line of word, it will have to bring forth exactly, exactly like his word said it would do. It cannot move from there. It's channeled just exactly right. So with everything in this trust, in, in the trust in his own son, it would be that way. Then God said, it's all good. So I'll just rest. And each one of those seeds, now with this I'm going to be closing in this next, this quote here in the next one, because this comes as a personal message to you. And each one of those seeds has power in itself to transform itself into the species that I desire it to be. He's got enough horses and he has enough whatever else and, and giraffes and whatever more. And Brother Branham, your prophet said to me once, and I wondered why he was saying it. You say, Brother Eddie, just be yourself. God only made one of you. I will say that to you. You'll just be yourself, Brother Murphy, Sister Tracy, my brother Colbus, Sister Esther Hazen. God only made one of you, Brother Mike, Sister Debbie, deacons of the assembly, trustees and whoever else, Michael Andes, just be yourself. God only made one of you. Brother Richard, been caring for the Sunday school. You have a lot of kids. You have a big family. It's not all fun and games, but it's worthwhile. Sister Barb. Sometimes, Brother John, Brother Tom, may seem like are we getting anywhere? Brother Ernie, you traveled around. Are we getting anywhere? My wife, God bless her. She encourages me by saying, well, there's there's always some. There's some that catch it. And I really wondered about this evening. I lost some sleep because I thought, I got up in the morning and I said to 
someone, how long did I have Rosie the Riveter up there? And the answer was from someone quite a while. I thought, yeah. In the words of this prophet, I didn't have up there for the people to look at and to read. And this says, I have given this fountain. A voice came out of this fountain. I have given, I have given every seed transforming power. I have given transforming power to make out of itself its potentials. And now to make out of itself exactly, exactly, exactly what I want it to be. That's a creator that spoke. And he spoke to his messenger and said, say this. And so he said it. And I'm only echoing his voice. Every seed has been given. Every seed, you can say, that's me. That is me. That is me. I have been given power by the creator who gave me life. My parents were only instruments that brought me forth. But God brought me to this earth. He brought me here for a purpose. And I don't care about your background. I don't care about anything else that was difficult. I had to even lay aside... I'm not here to tear jerk. I'm not here to tell you sad stories. But I know what death is all about. I know what with standing at a coffin with my mother in it. I know what that's all about. I know what it's about to say, you'll sleep here. You'll sleep over there. Okay. You'll sleep here now. You're going to live here. I don't know how long I'm going to live there. And what grade. I, I walked four miles to grade eight school to grade eight at that time. I was there for about four, four or five months. And then I, I walked seven miles in the snow to catch the mailman to go and see my sister. I was so lonely. You don't hear about those things. I'm not even talking about those things. My wife says, I don't like to hear about those things. And you that want me to do memoirs, That's why I don't want to do it, because it's very sad, and it's hard to convey it. I tell you what, when your friend is a pig, then you're really low on friends. We know what that's all about, Brother Melko. And that's why I can say to you, with conviction, and with determination... This message is the best thing that's ever come your way. And thank God for this church, this building that stands erected here to be a place where it can echo out. And we have a burden. You know that even as we sit here, one of the things we're working on is to have the translation on Brother David Mayer 
If you're streaming this service, those God didn't raise up and do in Switzerland. Well, he didn't do that just to, you know, tap his children with a few blessings. That's not what it is. We're laboring here because the night comes when no man can work. Do you believe it? We hear from all over. Many people are here. You're here because you know, you know deep in your heart and in your soul that what we're standing for is for the purest form of the Word of God. And not only in word only, but also in spirit and in power, which is the very essence of the one who spoke it. Friends, I'm in love with him. God is determined to do something. He said, God is determined to do something. He'll do it. Nothing is going to stop him. He will do it. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. And there are those. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And you know what God has also said? He said that he predestinated. I don't know what you think of predestination. But I'm going to, this is my final words. You've been predestinated, pre-elected, predetermined by the almighty God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And he's your God, Brother Jeff. He's your God, Brother Milko. He's your God, Brother Allen. Hallelujah. Young man, he knew that this time would arrive. I can't carry on much longer. These men here will carry on. God's going to raise up out of you. And whether you're part of a team goes out, but I want, I'm challenging you in the name of Jesus Christ. One day, you will not regret giving everything and surrendering everything to Him. And you'll not, you'll not regret ever carrying the banner of this message. You'll never regret it. And I can assure you, I can tell you that God will bless you and it's not the blessings we're interested in. But he, 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 he will bless you. He took David from the sheepfold and raised him up to be a king. That's quite a distance. But he did that in spite of his friends and in spite of his enemies and in spite of what God, and in spite of what he thought God had in store for him. You know, friends... I'm trying to close, but I'm also trying to tell you that when God sees that your heart is set 
and you have given yourself. I think so often about not too long before the cross, Jesus said to his disciples, and sometimes he spoke to the 70, and sometimes he spoke to multitudes, and sometimes he only spoke to the 12, and sometimes he only spoke to three. And he said to Peter, James, and John, come. Took him up to the mountain and was transfigured before them. They saw eternity happen. They actually saw it with human ears, human eyes, saw him transformed and stand there in a in a gleaming, glistening garment. Oh, Peter slipped back into our place, slipped back into our world. Let's build three temples, one for you and one for Moses, and let's build three temples. No, no, you haven't got it. That's That's not what this is all about. They actually saw him. In his, in his coming, in his third coming, he allowed them to step into a space beyond our time and saw him in his coming. Or maybe he saw this message coming. And I want to say to this congregation, just in case you misunderstand me, I believe we're in the coming of Jesus Christ. I believe it. John the, John the apostle or John the Baptist was only a few months Older than Jesus Christ. We were on a, we were in Italy and we were in a, some kind of a chapel or not the Sistine Chapel, but some beautiful building. And they have a painting up there of John and God the Father and John there and he got their hands the right way. And I said, I said to the leader there in that, in the chapel, I said, You've read the, haven't you read the scripture that John and, and Jesus, they, she, Mary's holding the baby Jesus. I said, John and Jesus are only six months apart in age. Oh, he says, allegory, allegory, allegory. He didn't want, he, he would sooner hung, hung, hang on to an allegory than hang on to the truth. I'm telling you the truth. You come here to church and you hear these ministers, their souls are burning up. Mine is burning up. This church right now is getting the message into the French language so French people can hear. I was communicating with some of them that are in Quebec, in Canada. You have them in the States and around Shreveport down there. You've got the Acadians up in the east part, and they don't understand the English language real well. We do everything that we can to get it in their language. If you can believe it to you people that are here of Chinese extraction, how wonderful it is that we have here sitting the man, Brother Murphy. He did it on his own from Genesis 1-1. To Revelation, the Amen at the end of Revelation. 
And there were many times, Brother Murphy, I know, many times you would love to have given it up and just go home to your family and your family would love to receive you. Let me tell you in front of this congregation and in front of all that are streaming, we have provided by God's grace the entire population of China, 1.3 billion of people with the Bible that the prophet of God used. And I say, glory be to God. How wonderful that we have. I don't even feel deserving of that kind of reward. But here we have it. And I'm so thankful for it. And thankful for all of you people here tonight that gave your patience and time. God bless you.